0: This is KBUT and KBUT.org, community radio for the Gunnison Valley. I'm Mark Dugan. Here, KBUT brings you the 2018 local election forum that was held Sunday, October 21st in Crested Butte. Citizens gathered to hear from the two candidates for county sheriff, John Galowich and Mark Michael, and Rowan Mason and Bob Shutt, who are running for Gunnison County Commissioner. All four candidates were asked questions by the audience and given a chance to explain both their platforms and their backgrounds. Dennis B. Hall served as moderator. The forum ran just over an hour and a half, and as you'll hear, candidates were given a chance to talk about everything from staff shortages at the sheriff's office to affordable housing. Now let's listen in.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2018 Candidates Forum. My name is Dennis Hall. I have been uh, drafted into service for these last 20 or 30 years doing this. At any rate, welcome to the 2018 Candidates Forum, presented by Cresty Butte News and KBUT Mountain Educational Radio. First of all, a couple of quick ground rules. Uh, you know, we don't uh, countenance any personal attacks and rude behavior towards Uh, Anybody, candidates, me, me, uh, other members of the audience. uh, And I'll be up here to call you on it, frankly, and I won't be gentle. Um, Candidates have 90-second opening statements, um, and then we'll open the floor to questions. Now I have some questions here in case you guys are all too shy, which I imagine is the case. but uh, at any rate, 90 seconds of opening statements. Uh, microphone up there, so line up behind the microphone. I may or may not be able to call upon you. When you ask a question, please state your name so we know who's asking. Then let's see, uh, candidates will have 90 seconds to answer and other candidates, uh, should they choose to respond to that question, will have 60 seconds they're in. The, uh, I believe, yes, right down here there's uh, uh, somebody will be holding a sign saying, you know, we got you timed. Okay, Uh, I'd like to introduce the candidates and we have all four, both the uh, county commissioner and uh, sheriff's candidates uh, in the same pool here. So feel free to direct your question to uh, any or all as the case may be. Um, I'm gonna start with the candidate's uh, opening statements, and we'll start on this end with Mr. John Gallowich, candidate for sheriff, Gunnison County Sheriff.
2: Thank you, <clears throat> thank you. Uh, first of all, is the mic working? Okay, my name's John Gallowich, and I'm a third generation native of Gunnison County. I was born and raised in Cresta Butte, graduated from Cresta Butte High School, chose a career in law enforcement. I moved to the metro area and uh, worked for the Wheat Ridge Police Department. Uh, had a very good career there. I worked my way up through the ranks from patrolman to the lieutenant of support services. That particular position was my goal when I first got on, well, probably within the first year that I got on with the department. My responsibilities included investigation of all felony crimes. Uh, our lab, our crime scene, evidence, communication, training, records, internal investigations, um, and as the chief would say, and any other duties as assigned. So whatever he wanted me to to work on, uh, that's what I did. After my career, uh, I married my, when I started my career, I married my wife, Ruth, raised three great boys, all in Gunnison. I worked for the Gunnison Sheriff's Office for nine years and for the Mount Mountcrested Butte Police Department where I do investigations for them. It's a pleasure to be here tonight. I want to be your next sheriff to bring my training and my education, uh, and my time is up. Thank you. Thank
3: you, John. Mr. Michael. All right, good evening. I'm Mark Michael. How you doing? I'm very excited to be here. Thank you, Dennis and John. Good to see you. Bob Rowland. Here we are again. I'm currently your under-sheriff, and I'm already very familiar with the duties of the office of sheriff. I'm running for sheriff because of my dedication to our community. I've been preparing my whole life, gathering skills to accomplish this goal. These are traits you either have or you don't, Simply said, it comes down to having a moral compass to give back to the people. I've received numerous hours of training over the last 13 years. I'm also an instructor in numerous disciplines and I was instructed hundreds of hours of trainings. The sheriff's office is responsible for law enforcement, public safety, civil process, court security, alternative services, and let's not forget, the county jail. I practice what I preach. I care for our citizens and listen to their needs. I'm personally and professionally vested in this community and the sheriff's office now and into the future. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you very much, Mr. Michael. Mr. Bob Shutt, uh, ca- uh, candidate for county commissioner in Gunnison County.
4: Yeah, thank you. And it sounds like this microphone's working, too. There was some issues last weekend, and that's why we're asking. Anyway, my name is Bob Shutt, and I want to be your county commissioner. And I want to thank Mark uh, Riemann for putting on this event and hosting it as well as Dennis and my wife, uh, who's hung with me. Anyway, uh, my life has been one of public service, Uh, started in the military, then as a physician, then I did outreach in in, uh, Central America. And I've had the opportunity to uh, do many things in my life. And this is just another extension, and I think that I would be the ideal person to serve Gunnison County. So one of the questions I immediately get asked is, if you need surgery, would you ask your physician where he was born? And the answer is, I I doubt it and I hope not. You'd ask him where he got his experience in training. And, and, And that way you'd be able to choose somebody qualified. On the other hand, when you're choosing a county commissioner, the county commissioner has to manage a $92 million budget. And you would ask, have you had experience doing this? And I have to say, I have. I bring experienced leadership and business, management skills. I've been through um, Kellogg's advanced management training, as well as the Harvard University. I've been chairman of an orthopedic department and managed a budget at a medical school. And uh, this experience has all been obtained and something I can bring and use in Gunnison County. Um, I bring experience and I, uh, if you want,
1: I hope you would vote for me if you want to change, thank you. Th- thank you, Bob. Uh, Mr. Roland Mason, uh, candidate for Gunnison County Commissioner.
5: Sure. Hello, everybody. Um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Roland Mason and I am running for County Commissioner's seat in District 3, which is where Crested Butte sits. I was born and raised here uh, in the valley. I grew up in Crested Butte and then spent junior high and high school, um, my junior high and high school years down in Gunnison, going to school there. I graduated from CSU with a bachelor's in science uh, in biology. And after college, I really decided that Gunnison would be my, my home. I wanted to ma- put down my roots and make Gunnison my home. I, Worked with my family in a family-owned construction company, and in 2001, my brother and I purchased that company from my father, and we've been building people's houses and plowing people's driveways ever since. I'm currently married to my amazing wife, Melissa, who's here, and we have three young daughters. They all go to, well, not all of them. (laughs) One of them was just born, but uh, two of them go to the uh, local school. And you know some of my experience Uh, that I'm deriving from to be your county commissioner, I spent eight years on the Crested Butte Town Council. During those eight years, two of those years, I was mayor pro tem. And I also sat on some subcommittees, one being the RTA board, and another one being the Mountain Express board. Transportation to me was very important from the get go, Uh, especially growing up in CB South, we had to hitchhike and bum rides, ride our bikes as much as possible. And my time is up, thank you.
1: Thank you, Roland. Okay, we're gonna uh, open it up to questions. And I would encourage people who submitted all these questions to uh, just ask them yourselves since uh, I don't think it's my place really. I'll fill in if DB. So, uh, do we have any questions first off? I see one up there. Uh, sir, if you could please grab that
6: microphone and tell us your name. Uh, Jim Schmidt, mayor up here in Crestview. Oh, is that him? In- and uh this actually is a question to all of you the question about the sheriff has been so confusing and we've had everybody pointing fingers uh at the other person saying it was their idea Um, i noticed mr Uh, michael said down in gunnison that it was the decision of the county manager to pull the sheriff's uh, department up here which My friend Joe Fitzpatrick has always said, if it isn't broke, why fix it? They've had a contract for close to 40 years. I've, and then the county commissioners I've talked to have said, well, it's a decision that was made by the current sheriff. I have no idea who's telling the truth and who's not. But most of all, I don't know why it's being pulled because it seems so obvious that we're going to have less service and it's going to cost a ton more money and i don't understand that at all because it's our money it's the county citizens money and i asked one commissioner um, where's this extra money coming from what are you going to cut out to provide this extra sheriff service and he couldn't answer that So. Who wants to go at it? And I would like all four of you to answer that question.
3: Okay, I'll start with part A. Um, It it, it was between the Board of County Commissioners, the manager, finance, and yes, the the current sheriff did agree to it because it's his statutory responsibility. He had to buy into it. Um. The cost, yeah, it seems like uh, right now the contract is like just under $139,000. Four deputies in the county cost $349,700. That cost is being uh, absorbed by the county, so there's no additional tax money being used. Does that clear things up? If it's on the general budget
6: and you say it's not costing any more taxes, you have to be cutting out, I'm assuming the budget is balanced, you have to be cutting out something else to pay for that. What is getting cut out?
3: Okay, maybe I can clear things up a little bit too. First of all, the decision started in 2016. Uh, Part of the decision was uh, because Mount Crested Butte said that the contract was going to go up substantially. as far as the money goes the on public safety time is up, Ray? You know,
1: I'd really like to hear the rest of the answer to that question uh, so uh, exactly. if you could give us another uh, minute or so, would you please? Thank you
3: Okay, so I said it was three forty nine seven hundred one hundred and thirty nine thousand of that from that contract is going back in there. You're looking at about $200,000. Uh, there must be money in the general fund where they're able to absorb that. Now, in 2017, three new positions were approved and one in 2018. So that's, that, that's where those four positions are coming from. They were approved for the sheriff's office.
2: Thank you, Mr. Michael. Uh, Mr. Gallowich. Yes, <clears throat> thank you, I'd like to respond to that. The call for this is to be done by the sheriff, not our county commissioners, not the county manager. As your sheriff, I will accept full responsibility for what we do in the county as far as law enforcement is concerned. Statutorily, comes from the sheriff, he needs to take responsibility for that. The cost, uh, we're paying $139,000, our taxpayers, we're receiving the service from eight well-trained officers Eight vehicles, uh, the coverage for their insurance, fuel, everything, we're getting all of that for $139,000. Now, out of that $139,000, Cresta Butte or Mount Cresta Butte paid $61,000 back to the communication for a communication fee. What that is, is when Mount Cresta Butte handles a call on the north end of the valley, they're charged a fee. The same would be true for the Sheriff's Department, Gunnison PD, and Mount Crested Butte. Um, As far as the cost for what we want to do now, uh, we're well over $560,000. Where did I come from that? Mark just told us $349,700 for three to four deputies. And he reported last week, we're talking about one car. One car is not sufficient to be running three to four deputies. Uh, It's not gonna work. Our response time is going to to go up. The county is gonna be saddled with that $61,000 that the Mount Crested Butte will no longer pay. And one more thing, we have $150,000 in the budget for a building. Taxpayers are gonna be paying all of this. If you just take those figures that I've given you, that's $560,700 and there's gonna be some additional costs and we're gonna lose service. I'm sorry I ran over on my time.
1: Thank you, I think these are important questions and uh, so we let you go over a little bit. And also I would ask the audience, please hold the applause because otherwise we're gonna be here like all night. Uh, Would the commissioner candidates like to have a crack at that question? Sure, I, I mean, I don't know which one of us you want uh, to go you first. You go ahead, since you're already yakking. Um, the- <laughs> no, I didn't mean that derogatory. <laughs> yeah, I know.
4: So uh, I, I've carefully listened to and read everything in the papers over the last six months. And um, I, I will tell you, the first thing I think of is, when I'm electing a sheriff, I want him to be sheriff of the county and not sheriff of half the county. And, and that's sort of one of the things that I think of initially is, well, you're just writing off half the county, and I'm, you know, even though technically you are sheriff of the county. So that, that's one of my initial thoughts. The, the second thought is um, I actually live in unincorporated Gunnison County, and I have the current situation taken care of us. I don't live in the city, so my police response, I found that it's been quite good. I can't complain about any of the, the police uh, uh, and, and sheriff support we've had where, where I live. Uh, as County Commissioner, um, my job is to spend your dollars prudently and spend them wisely. And I have met with, actually, Joe Fitzpatrick personally and Carl from, uh, that does the CFO from, from the uh, Sheriff's Office up there. And these numbers seem to go around in circles. So when it comes down for me to make the decision, I'm going to make sure that we get quality, efficient, Sheriff's coverage in the upper part of the valley, and I'm going to try to see how cost-effective we can be
1: uh, on it. Thank you very much, uh, Mr. Shut, um, Mr. Mason.
5: Yeah, I think uh, John spoke to this earlier, but you know, m- many of the sheriff's department role is taken on by the elected sheriff. Um, the commissioner's role is bu- budget approval, and you know, basically, I feel that budget approval. Um, what I'm looking at, I, I personally living up here in the north end of the valley, I didn't see the numbers that they put out, 300 and some thousand dollars, to be sufficient for the response times and the service that we needed up here. I, if, and again, as ele- when, I, when I'm elected as commissioner, we'll be kind of given this, this, this. Um, Contract as is we can't really talk about whether or not it's viable or not But as commissioner it is up to us to make sure that the budget Going into the future meets the needs of the people especially with response time and health and public safety of the people
1: Thank you very much. Mr. Mason
5: Okay, another uh, question from the audience,
7: please Thank you. Hello. I am Mary Gomez and this is for Mark Michael I am certain you know of me as a recent third-party contact Back in 2009, um, I witnessed you make an arrest that was warranted. You had your detainee and your cruiser handcuffed behind his back and seat belted in. Your detainee was totally restrained when I observed you lose your composure and lay your left, hand, your left forearm across his throat, choking him. This event has left me traumatized to this day. I am aware of a home in Tamichi Heights that you barged into with absolutely no search warrant, looking for a person you thought had burglarized um, a local tire shop. This charge was completely dropped. My question to you after hearing your opening statement is, um, what kind of training have you had to prevent this situation from reoccurring? And what kind of training are you giving your deputies to make safe, sound arrest? And is there um, some kind of resource available to your deputies and to your detention officers that are, you know, in a stressful, could potentially be in a very stressful situation, and we want to take care of our law enforcement officers? So that's what I would like to know from you.
3: Who are you addressing that question to, please? Mark Michael. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Mary. Uh, and actually, I, I did see your letter that you published earlier, and uh, actually, I did not I, I, Well, that you didn't, and I appreciate that. But uh, you got to understand, uh, perception and truth are two different things. You ask about my training. My training is highly extensive. Okay. And uh, my training is such that I can control a person without giving them uh, any uh, injury, okay? Uh, I remember that day your, your loved one was very combative, okay? Part of when we reach over to put a seatbelt on, we are trained to put our arm aclo- across them so that they don't headbutt us, okay? Um, what else? Could I tell you, you know? uh, I understand your feelings. Uh, Do you want me to speak a little bit more freely about that night?
7: You know, no, I wanted to call you out on it because after this incident happened, you never ever once came back to me, nor did your superior. I will say right here that I observed that the detainee was already belted in. Now, I witnessed what I did, and there was a state trooper there. I also know that you know, and I know, and the trooper knows what happened. I feel like I can't trust you. I feel like if I needed help, I would not, I would not call upon you for help. And I want a sheriff that I can call upon for help.
1: Thank you very much, ma'am. We appreciate your question.
3: Okay, you, you mentioned the trooper. Uh... He even did tell you, Mary, stay out of it. You were pretty close to being arrested for obstruction that evening. Um, What our other deputies get, we we do an extensive amount of training. We do debriefings, uh, cumulative duty stress, uh, all kinds of stuff. We do try to take care of our
8: people.
1: Thank you very much,
8: Mr.
3: uh, Michael.
1: Can we have another question from the audience, please? Okay, right down here.
9: I'm Sandy Jackson. Thank you, Sandy. This question is for Mark Michael. At the forum last week in Gunnison, you stated, and I will quote, turnover, I didn't even really realize it was such a big deal until this year. If you didn't realize the eight times higher turnover rate in the past six years, being 49 total separations from the department, versus six separations the previous six years under a different administration. This was all reported in the Gunnison Country Times. How can we trust that as the sheriff, you will be able to realize what's going on in the department and be able to manage that department?
3: Hey, uh, Sandy, can you repeat? You had some numbers in there. I didn't catch any of that stuff.
9: The Gunnison Country Times reported, and I believe it was earlier this summer that in the past six years there were 49 total separations from the Sheriff's Department, including patrol and and the detention department. And in that same article from the Gunnison Country Times, they reported that the previous six years under a different administration, there were only six separations. That's an eight time higher um, turnover rate for the Sheriff's Department under the current administration and you being a part of that current administration.
3: You told me they said there was 49 in one year? In a six year period. On a six-year period, okay. Thank you. Well, there has been a lot of other administrators before me in that six-year period, to be honest with you, okay? Um, and we have made a lot of changes in, in the last year. Uh, we're already addressing how we hired attentions and patrol, we're looking for officers that are anchored in our community, mature, they have a passion for law enforcement. We involve our detention and patrol officers into hiring, shadowing, ride alongs, prior to any job offer, scoring prospects on their attitude, involvement, enthusiasm, hiring only the, the best and high standards of character and integrity, extensive background review, behavioral based interviews realistic job previews. Um, I mean, it, it's changed a lot over the last year. I, I can't take the heat for the last six years, and Scott was there part of those two years, too. Uh, I do, first of all, let me tell you, I come in peace, okay? Uh, let me tell you about the turnover in the sheriff's office. And especially this year with 18 sheriffs retiring, there's gonna be a massive amount of turnover. Sometimes turnover is okay, okay? We've just picked up a 12-year veteran out of a neighboring county that is highly experienced and trained. It's good for us. I mean, sheriff's offices see a lot of turnover. It's a rural area. Most of these guys start in detention centers. This, this is uh, statewide. I go to undersheriff conferences. Half of the conference is talking about turnover. These guys launch their careers in the detention office. Then they want to be a patrol deputy. We run them through the academy. Then they want to go somewhere where they can make more money and grass is greener on the other side.
1: Thank you, Mr. Michael. Um, I'm going to give. May I respond. To oh, that? of course. I'm sorry. I didn't see you over there. Uh, sorry, <laughs> just... no. I mean, I was looking at. Well, I've got my foot so far down my mouth. Yeah. <laughs>
2: If if I may respond, uh, in in all my years of experience, I have never seen a turnover rate this high. It is an issue that we must address, because until we address the turnover rate, uh, how are we ever going to achieve the level of professionalism that we want? Uh, And since that time, we've had, uh, since that April date that was just given, we've we've lost another three, maybe four deputies. it's, it's, just, it's a continual thing. I want to change that, and this is how I will change it. As your sheriff, I will lead uh, with uh, proven leadership. I had to, to lead a division in a, in a larger city of about 30 people. Turnover rate usually was a result of someone retiring. So uh, I recognize this as a serious problem, and I, I will address it with my training and my leadership.
0: You're listening to a KBUT presentation of the Gunnison County Candidate Forum held Sunday, October 21st in Crested Butte. Candidates for sheriff and county commissioner answered audience questions for about 90 minutes. Let's continue.
1: I would like to ask a question I have here in front of me and, and to give the sheriff's candidates a break. Instead, ask the county, commis- uh, county commissioner uh, candidates that the current commissioner just recently directed $100,000 of taxpayer money to the gunnison Crestview Tourism Association for new marketing and tracking software. Do you support this decision? $100,000 to the Tourism Association. Uh, I would ask this first to Mr. Shutt. Thank you. Um,
4: yeah, I, did lo- I did look at the Tourism Association pretty carefully. And um, to do their job, I think it's okay for them to have the software package. But one has to look at uh, other aspects of the Tourism Association. They have a fairly large budget. And uh, their goal is to put heads in the bed of these hotels. And uh, a lot of their budget was spent towards mountain biking and the ski industry. And we're probably not going to need as much with the ski industry now that Vale has taken over and owns the ski area. So they'll probably do a lot of their own budgeting. But what we really need out of the Tourism Association is is diversity in who they're marketing to, uh, which can be everything from the music festival to wedding venues to uh, culinary weekends. And I'd rather see their budget that they have spent in a more diverse manner than than what they have. Um, The software is is pretty slick uh, and expensive, uh, but I suspect that technology keeps marching on and we have to not be dinosaurs in what we do. Thank
1: you, Mr. Shutt. Uh, Mr. Mason?
5: Yeah, I mean, I was at that meeting when they discussed it, and 100K for a tracking device, or a tracking system that that gives the TA information on who they're marketing to, how they're using that marketing, I think is is okay with me as well. Um, It is a a pretty big expense. I think (laughs) what kind of got me was the fact that our phones can be, Available like that to a tracking device, so it's there's a lot of privacy, uh, not issues, but it butts up against our sense of uh, just being able to go somewhere and not be followed by tracking devices. So,
1: thank you, Mr. Mason. You know, there's a gentleman over here that we neglected to
8: to get. Peter Calliger. My question is for the commissioner candidates. Do you understand that no matter what euphemism you use, public housing always deteriorates both materially and particularly socially? And Delta's public housing is a good example. The emphasis on providing housing for the workforce, do you understand, would be better served by encouraging private property owners to build auxiliary housing units on their property. They'll take better care of it. They'll watch it more work closely. I had to kick out some people uh, for dealing drugs. Uh, they didn't like it, but they left. Um, and that the solution to the workforce housing problem would be better served by streamlining things such as the LUR and the uh, not the building code, but the building process, uh, rather than uh, spending a lot of county money on cookie-cutter uh, housing units.
5: County commissioners, sure. Mr. Mason. Sure. Um, so I think I think your question is, you would prefer to see the the private sector tackle workforce housing. Um, You know, I worked a lot when I was on Crested Butte Town Council, we worked a lot with a couple of different ideas to make our overall affordable housing package viable. And one of the ones was the accessory dwelling units that were required from private individuals if they wanted to have a house and a garage and they wanted to put this unit above it, they got some um, rebates from the town. That ADU program has been very successful. Unfortunately, it's being challenged right now. Um, we put some teeth into it, we created 30 more units that were actually being used as more short-term rental or for, for um, family members. And we said, hey, listen, that, that won't fly. Um, I believe that using that as kind of like what Gunnison is working on right now, but also using something like Anthracite Place, which is, comes from federal dollars, that is a LIDIC light, a light, light project. Um, and also coupling with local funding from the government, I think we use all those things to tackle the affordable housing and workforce housing issue. One thing, to wrap it up, the Gunnison Valley Regional Housing Authority has built in management costs, or, mm-hmm. excuse me, management um, funding to help keep these buildings that we're building maintained. Also, there's laws and, and restrictions in place anthracite place has no pets and no smoking to keep them up as well
1: thank you mr mason mr Shutt. yeah thank you for the question uh, peter
4: you know we do need workforce housing and we need it now uh... and i agree with you when you said large projects do have higher crime rates they have uh, difficulty for upkeep and and the residents really do not take ownership in in the uh, properties themselves uh... but we need to make it now, um, I, after listening to Roland last week talk at length about Brush Creek, I, um, I think he was avoiding a clear stand. I couldn't really come up with a clear message from him. I know he, he's a support, supported by Jim Starr, who's uh, you know, primarily supported with Gary Gates, but my position is clear, and I wanted to reiterate uh, what my position was, and that's that we need five acres set aside for intercept parking. This All goes along with Mount Crested Butte and Crested Butte October 1st uh, meeting that they had. Two parking spaces per residential unit and no more than 15 units per acre on the remainder or uh, around 100 to 125 units, certainly a maximum of um, 130 units, and it has to fit in with the neighborhoods. Uh, I think that's where we need to be. The other thing is that you brought up the land use resolution, and last Sunday... Roland started talking about a plan for a pre-sketch approval with the uh, communities. And I think that's a really bad idea because right now what we need to do is move the things through the process as fast as we can. And we already have uh, three different areas that go through uh, sketch, preliminary, and final. And uh, and part of the problem with Brush Creek that we have is it's been a year and uh, it just wasn't moved through the county commission.
1: Thank you, Mr. Shutt. Another question from the audience. OK, we got a couple out here.
10: Uh, my name is Scott Enlow, and uh, my question is for, uh, is for Mark. Um, currently, how many uh, patrol deputies are there, not including yourself, the sheriff, sergeants and lieutenants, and not including the, the deputies in Marble area? Scott, can you repeat
3: that question? I I knew you would say that.
10: (laughs) Okay, currently, how many patrol deputies are there in Gunnison County, not including yourself, the sheriff, and sergeant and lieutenant, and the marble area? Ten. How many? What's that? How many did you say? Ten. Ten. Okay. Correct. How many of those are in FTO right now?
3: Got one guy in uh, North District that's on FTO right now.
10: And how many, how many deputies are allowed for the county? How many should there be in the county? Sixteen. And I guess to further my question on that. Well, no.
3: That's, that's, that's counting the sheriff, undersheriff, uh, lieutenant, and sergeant total.
10: And to uh, and I'd also like to comment on uh, Sandy's uh, question that she had. So, so
3: it's twelve. Okay. To answer your question.
10: Okay. So on Sandy's question that she had about uh, the turnover rate in the county, um, I know since that was printed in the paper, there's there's been six more that have uh, left the department, two in detention and, and four patrol officers. And I guess my statement to that is if the, if we're going to need to hire even more officers for the um, this northern end of the county, three or four officers. Uh, enough issues with uh, the budget on paying for that, but how do you plan on hiring more officers when you can't fill a full staff currently?
3: Um, I'm really not aware about the, the six, if that's a good number or not. Uh, I can name them. Keep in mind, though, for everyone, we've only had one guy, that's been terminated, that I know of. And yeah, that's he, myself. That's right. And uh, for the most and, and
10: part... And if we want to go into that, and, and that was me doing my job for the county. Let's the, not
1: get real personal we're here. We're not going to
10: get real personal, but that, that was me doing my job for the county. And, and if we're, uh, you know, that was a, called a policy violation. Do you know of any policies right now being violated at the Gunnison Sheriff's Office?
3: And what are those?
10: Do you know of anyone or any policies that are being violated currently at the Gunnison Sheriff's Office? No. Do you know the meaning of the word nepotism? You know, I think I, this I is, do. I think we've kind yes. of got enough out of it. And it's
3: not being violated.
10: Sergeant and his wife working under him. That is nepotism. correct, they
3: are. The sergeant does not supervise the wife.
10: Okay,
1: you know. Th- Thank you very much. We appreciate your question, but again, it's getting a little bit.
3: And I'd like to just answer that for for everyone that has moved on, uh, they've they've had their own agenda and moved on on good terms. We actually replaced that person with somebody that's at least four times better. Thank you, Mr.
1: Michael. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, come on. Let's keep this in a I, I can share kind of a civil
3: phase,
2: okay? May I, may uh, Mr. Gallaway, we'd love to hear from you. Seconds. Thank you. Okay okay so our budget calls for 12 deputies um, allocated to the sheriff's department two on the other side of the hill uh, Somerset area we're talking about Gunnison and Crested Butte currently I believe there are four openings that will be filled in November which means we're we're down four more uh, and the other issue here and it goes back to turnover we're gonna be hiring four four brand-new officers they don't have probably zero experience. We've got three officers currently that have less than one year experience. Our most senior deputy on the road has less than two years experience. We have no experience left on the road. Our experience, we have one, one man that was brought over from Montrose that's got, I don't know, a dozen years, what I understand, a very, a very good deputy. Excluding him, the rest of our deputies in the patrol division, have minimal amount of training and time on.
3: Actually, could, could I? You can rebut we'll, that answer.
1: You
2: get a 60 seconds.
3: We actually have a 33-year veteran. Uh, we one of the guys we hired is 24-year intelligence officers out of the military. You got to give him a little bit of credit, and uh, he had three or four years, I believe, with a detention center with another. Um, Colorado County and he came to us uh, scored the highest in his academy Uh, we are just looking for cream of the crop so maybe they haven't had experience here that much at the sheriff's office but they are highly trained and experienced people
11: thank you Mr. Michael we have a
1: question from the audience please my name is Neil Watko
11: and the question is for the county commissioners and it's in regards to educating my wife and I in regards to the, the ballot on 6A, which is going to be paying for the affordable housing. Uh, right now, it it's, looks like it's a yes or no for real estate taxes. Uh, I'd like you to be able to educate us on if there are any other alternatives that have been evaluated. Given that the uh, the employees who would be using this are benefiting not only the residents but also the tourists, and I see over the next five or ten years the amount of tourists being accelerating over that over the next decade, has anyone looked at alternative funding, such as resort fees, uh, fees for use, uh, to be able to alleviate all the um, money and funds coming from property owners.
1: Mr. Shutt.
4: Sure. Well, um, this is an important measure on the ballot, and thank you for bringing it to the attention. Um, what I have found is that uh, I am relatively resistant to tax increases. There's like six of them on your ballot if you've looked at them. And if you vote on yes on all of them, it's going to be incredible as how much our taxes are going up, but I am supportive of tax increases that are needed for essential services. I think we need to do everything we can to support the small business owner and make them successful because they're the backbone for the economic development of this community. And what's happened is this is a property tax on real estate. Personally it's 1.5 mil increase per 100,000, but the business owners are getting hit with four times that amount. even the business owners that are leasing are on triple net leases, so they're getting hit hard, too. Um, I've had people talk to me from the oldest bar on Elk Avenue to uh, the uh, busiest restaurant, and they, the owners are all opposed because they say they only have about five and a half months a year to make a living, and this additional tax can put them over the top to the point where they may have to go out of business, and that turns around and hurts our workforce. So um, if, if we are, and this bill does not address forethought and critical planning at all or how the money's to be used. Uh, so if we're investing in public tax dollars and dollars housing needs, uh, and I, I, my time is up, but I certainly agree with all the additional sources of revenue, you know, from incentives of land to... Um, uh, vacation, rental,
5: excise, taxes, and so forth, and I'm, my time is
4: up. Thank
1: you. Mr. Mason.
5: Yeah, Neil, thanks for the question. Um, you know, I see I see 6A as just one of the pieces of a big puzzle on how we're going to conquer our or take care of our affordable housing issue. I disagree with Bob. He's talking about small businesses um, saying that this tax is going to put them over the top and they're going to shut their doors. What's happening right now, actually, uh, you know, at our business level is that they are shutting their doors because they can't find the employees to work the hours. They can't keep the same really good five employees working seven days a week. So you're seeing decrease in service. You're seeing decrease in sales tax to the towns. You're seeing decrease. Um, and it all, I feel, hinges around housing. Um, one of the l- largest employers at a restaurant in Crested Butte has one of a new hire staying on their couch. She has a young daughter, um, and her brand new employee is sleeping on her couch until that person can find housing. So it is a real critical time right now that we, thank you, that we get. Um, I'm willing, you know, to use any sources necessary, whether it's public-private relationship, whether it's from the private sector. I think we spoke about that earlier. Whether it's from federal dollars or whether it's from the local, um, you know, from the local government to help. Make this happen to keep keep people in our valley.
1: Thanks, Mr. Mason. Can I just have a short rebuttal? On, 10 yeah, seconds. you get your re- yeah, you can. Yes, of course. But
4: um, the these business list. owners that I've talked to have indicated to me that what they need are $500 per month apartment that they can share with roommates. None of their employees can afford the affordable housing projects that are being developed. So um, the the workforce that these business owners on Elk Avenue are talking about are never going to be able to move into or afford the uh, affordable housing projects. And they just need $500 a month apartments. Thank you,
1: Mr. Chet. Uh, Jeremy, there's a gentleman right down here in front of you. Uh,
2: My name is David Height. I live in uh, Gunnison. Um, I still understand who came up with the idea to terminate the contract, but let's move beyond that. And let me ask you, is this a fait accompli or can it be revisited?
3: That's for the sheriffs.
1: To the sheriffs uh, Mr. Michael, you want to go first? Can I catch the last part of that question again?
2: I'll put it in English. Is this a done deal, or can oh. it be revisited?
3: Is anything ever a really done deal? Well, no, answer it the helped.
2: question. Is it a done deal, or can it be revisited? Well,
3: right now it is a done what you, deal. What would you like to do? Right now it is a done deal, but if it looks like it's better for everybody, it could change also, you know?
2: Um, uh, yes, Mr. Gellman. May I respond? Are you done? Yeah, go ahead. Jim. Thank you. Uh, as as the new sheriff, uh, I will work very hard to correct what's going on here and, and establish that we have good response time. I do not believe that it is a, quote, done deal. Thank you.
12: Thank you. Okay, another question. Hello my name is josh ash i live down in gunnison my question is for the commissioners i know that uh, one of the big topics is all, uh obviously uh workforce and um the housing issue i know that you know we have a lot of service folks here that um, don't make the money to pay for a 300 plus thousand dollar house but my question is how How will this ever be resolved? I mean, we can build more units and stuff, but until we bring some more substantial economy into our county, we're always gonna have a tourist-based service industry with folks never making enough money to afford the housing costs that we have here. And I mean, the, the staples of our community are obviously tourism, government, um, small business owners or the service industry, and that leaves a big, you know, group of people that I don't see with the way things are with property prices is ever going to change. Um, so, I mean, we're visiting it obviously for this election and this year, but we're gonna we're gonna have to build units till the end of time until we have substantial economy come into our county. Thank you. Mr. Mason. Sure, I can start. Uh, Thank you for your question, Josh. Um,
5: I feel in the last two years um, and and leading up to right now that we are kind of in a situation where I believe some of that new business or that growth is going to happen. And a couple of examples, one is there was a $80 million grant given to Western Colorado University to start a complete new engineering, um, engineering program. That's going to need to staff, you know, it's going to need to not only bring in students, which it will. We're going to have to put those students somewhere, but it's also going to need um, space for the staff. Um, Those people specifically aren't going to want to live in a $500 a month unit with roommates. They're going to probably bring their families, and they probably will be able to afford, based on their AMI, something a little bit, I would say, bigger. Um, I think it's our job to make sure that we provide available housing for more than just the lower 50, 60 percent AMI. I am full support of going up to around 180 to 200 AMI, providing housing all the way down to 50, and that gives us a broad range and keeps people in our community. So that's just one example. Um, Vail Resorts is another one. They're going to be moving in. That's a big unknown. Um, with what they bring, not only to tourism, but with the staff that they're going to bring in and the people they're going to hire. Um, lastly, the Ice Lab has been working on a project with the... with Oh, my time's up. Sorry. Uh,
1: Mr. Shutt.
4: Yeah, Josh, I, I totally agree with everything you said and your question. Uh, the, the thing that's interesting is all these places for industry that he's brought up are in Gunnison. And... What was interesting to me is I've spent some time visiting with people in Gunnison uh, lately, and they've actually convinced me they need workforce housing in Gunnison as much as we need it in Crested Butte. And, you know, he's right that these places, but what's brought this housing issue to the forefront here is the the laborers, the workforce, and this Brush Creek project. So the reason it's on the front of everybody's minds is because of this Rush Creek development that should have been resolved long before now and shouldn't even be an issue now. The, the things that uh, Roland has been involved with when he was on the town council, for example, was the short-term rentals. And between the town council and Roland's vote, um, the short-term rentals, now uh, people find it easier to uh, make as much money by doing a short-term rental as they did in the past, renting it out to people that were groups that, that were worked. So that's been a, actually a destructive uh, ca- um, problem for our workforce housing and uh, partly a cause for the housing problems we're having today. Thank you, Mr. Can Shutt. I, can I rebut that? You just can. Because
5: I think we moved into short-term rentals. Um, just really quick, you know, short-term rentals were proliferating uh, through Crested Butte and Mount Crested Butte. Um, I think there's an increase in 2,000% over the last year and a half. Crested Butte actually sat down and spent a year and a half negotiating, collaborating with not only owners, but also with the community um, that we're renting. And we came up with a permit process that I think works both for the small business owner and it also works for the availability of housing.
1: Thank you, Mr. Mason. We have a question from the audience up here, please. Thank you,
12: Uh, Jim Starr. This question is for Bob Shutt first, and I'd like it if Roland could please comment on it also. Bob, you made your opposition to affordable housing at Brush Creek abundantly clear. and You've said you support affordable housing dispersed more widely throughout Gunnison County. I'm wondering if you could comment on the several affordable housing projects in the county that are underway currently.
4: Yeah, thank you, Jim. Um, The, the uh, obviously there's uh, some discussion up at Mount Crested Butte and there's some uh, movement towards a project in that area, smaller in nature. Uh, There's one near Rainbow Park, which uh, is in the town of Crested Butte, again, a smaller project. And they've uh, made it by, some deed restrictions and things to, to be able to have the lower income people be able to afford these units. Uh, I do believe there should be something in CB South, there should be something in Gunnison and, and uh, you know Roland has been on the RTA board, but it's imperative that there's transportation involved, buses and the ability to move people from different units. I just... You know, the original proposal of Brush Creek came in at 220 units, which is just completely an island out of context for anything in Gunnison County, and I think they're down to 180, but at, at this point, I think that's still too many to, to make it a, a good project. I do think Brush Creek needs to be developed, but it needs to be developed in character with the transit parking, athletic fields and an appropriate uh, architecturally environment that fits in in a reasonable number with the surrounding
1: environment thank you mr Shutt. mr mason
5: sure uh thank you for your question jim um there you know there are quite a bit of projects that are happening around the county right now brush creek is not the only project happening and, and i think each community is realizing how important affordable housing is so down in gunnison right next to i think it's behind the walmart they've got the rock creek project which is gonna be going through the LUR process. I don't have the numbers on that, but I think it's around 180 to 200, something like that. You also have uh, some, I think it's four plexes going in next to Stallion Park, which is actually being built right now as we speak. Um, Block 76, 79, and 80, which Bob just alluded to. That went through a similar process that I'd like to see uh, pre-LUR. Bob said it's a bad idea, I think a process that involves the public and gets public input before a project gets shoved into the LUR is gonna be critical to actually speeding up the process. Um, so Block 76 is coming online. There's um, the potential for five unit, five anthracite style places um, at the corner of Butte Avenue, which is coming online once Crested Butte annexes that property. Um, Pitchfork, Mount Crested Butte is putting um, four units in Pitchfork, two two for ownership, two for rental. So there's a lot going on out there. If you go to the meetings, you find those things out.
1: Thank you, Mr. Mason.
3: Uh, I
5: think we got one up oh, down here. Hi, uh, my name's uh, Joe
13: Dix. I'm a retired uh, defense department employee, but uh, for uh, 25 years, I lived in Conifer, which is unincorporated Jefferson County, uh, like the North Valley is unincorporated in many aspects. I was a volunteer firefighter and EMT uh, for those, those 20 years. And uh, Jefferson County Sheriff's Office had um, a number of patrol deputies who were assigned to the Mountain Division, as it was called. And because uh, the uh, area, 98-square-mile area, was very large, similar to the situation here, uh, we depended on those deputies to arrive on scene first because they were in the area patrolling. So in many instances, whether it was fire or a medical call, they could give us an update and a size up immediately so we knew what to expect. There's been a lot of talk, as is evidenced here tonight, about uh, what's going to happen with um, uh, patrolling in the North Valley in about, by my count, 71 days. There's been talk of $139,000 and $309,000 Mr. Galowicz has uh, suggested it's going to be more uh, like more than uh, half a million dollars. A good question was asked earlier about why do we have to do this when there is no apparent plan? There's been a number of things in the newspapers uh, regarding mentions of how many deputies. I don't know whether that number's three or or four. Uh, there's been uh, mentions of how many cars there may be. As I alluded to a moment ago, it's very important, uh, in my opinion, to have deputies on patrol, not just one, and not one taking the place of another, leaving somebody um, perhaps without service. Um, So I've not seen anything that is a specific plan as to how in about 71 days, by my count, uh, we're going to make a change. So my question is to Mr. Michael, Uh, Where is the plan? There's been mentions of all of these things that I've mentioned here now, but I've not seen any evidence of a plan, a written plan, that uh, could be referred to by the citizens in Gunnison, in uh, the Northern Valley, on how you plan to implement coverage in the North Valley. Now, I've, I've heard things mentioned, but what I'm asking you, Mr. Michael, is is there specifically a plan that you can show to the citizens of gunnison county on how you will institute in 70 days uh coverage of uh policing and, and law enforcement in the north valley thank you
3: well thank you joe thank god we're not like jefferson county and under fire like that but uh, our plan is our schedule we've got guys scheduled two guys during the day two guys during the evening if If EMS, we don't go to every EMS call, but if they need us there, we will be there. We'll make sure the area is uh, safe for them. We have a follow-up then?
13: Uh, Yeah, the question is, uh, is there a documented plan? So what I hear from you now are the same things that I've heard in the past. I'm asking you specifically, do you have a documented plan on how you will implement your practices?
3: We we didn't write down what our plan is. We've adjusted our schedule. We've got the personnel to do it. We're already up here. We're patrolling the area. I don't know what you really need as far as a written plan goes.
2: Can I respond to that? John wants to respond, please. Of
3: course you
9: can,
2: John. (laughs) Uh, I think we need a a document that we can all see. I think we need to be transparent. I've talked to numerous EMS, fire, uh, search and rescue people. They are very concerned as to what's going to happen when when this plan is implemented. Uh, Because I'm I'm putting numbers on paper and it's not adding up. We're not going to have the coverage. It's simply we're not going to have it. And and to tell our citizens that we can maybe even have a 24/7 plan with four people. it's not gonna work, it's simply not gonna work. You can, you're not gonna be able to train them, give them time off, vacation time, sick time, holiday time. You know, we, we've gotta figure all this in and it's just not there. And I too would like to see a plan uh, as to why we're doing what we're doing as well as where we're gonna do this. We've, we've uh, talked about different locations. At one point we were talking about putting a substation in the community school in Crested Butte uh, for me, as a sheriff, that is a terrible idea. I don't want it there. We should not bring, be bringing people into that school uh, that might endanger our students and our teachers. Thank you.
3: Thank you, Mr. Gallowich. Sorry hey, about Joe, that. I'll guarantee you, we're here for you.
1: Thank you, Mr. Michael. From the audience, please.
9: Hi, um, I'm Jane Cheney. Um, John, you've said um, during your career in law enforcement, you haven't seen turnover like this, and you've said that you've made your career in law enforcement. So you ended your 14-year career at the Wheat Ridge Police Department at the age of 37. That was 32 years ago. After nearly 16 years of retirement, you worked eight years part-time with our Gunnison County Sheriff's Office. So that equates to about 22% of 18 total years in law enforcement has been here in Gunnison County and only about 40% of your work career has been policing in the past 46 years. So my question is, can you tell us, why did you leave the Wheat Ridge um, Police Department after just 14 years at the age of 37, and why did you leave our Sheriff's Office in 2011?
2: Well, it was closer to, to 16 years in Wheat Ridge and i left because i had an opportunity to retire i put into my retirement fund double from day one Uh, i wanted to move back home um, and i had an opportunity to do that i worked for a great organization Uh, when i retired i left the date blank so they could fill in my retirement date only stipulation was it had to be before the end of december I gave it to them in August. I stayed with them until they could transfer it. As far as my training and the time off, uh, the the extensive training I've had, which uh, cost the city of Wheatridge probably over $100,000 all over the United States, there's no expiration date on that training. Uh, And the training I received, uh, the practical training, the application, in the city you use it. Uh, I can't tell you the number of homicides, kidnappings, uh, various assaults that I've had to handle. Uh, I brought that, that training here. Within the last uh, three or four years, I did a class for the Sheriff's Department uh, in which it was uh, entitled Crime Scene Investigation. Uh, Mark Michael participated in that. So as far as my training and uh, my experience, it, it is there. Um, and and I currently, uh, partly that you've left out is since uh, 2010 i believe it was 20 no it could have been 2012. i uh, joined the mount crest butte police department as a reserve so i'm still currently in police work uh, and i still have to have the same training that mark has to have we both have to be post certified so i guess to try to go back and catch your question and my time is up can i have just a couple more seconds yeah, go for okay. it. Okay. I, I, I left Weitridge uh because I wanted to move home. And I had I had a great career there. I, I, I wanted to build some homes. I did that. I got that out of my system. I agreed to work for Sheriff Murdy and help set up a substation in Crested Butte South, which we did, and, and I operated that substation. Uh, and I think we we had a very good uh Station there that the citizens really appreciated uh, When I left the the sheriff's department, uh, it was because of an injury that I sustained and uh, Sheriff Bessaker uh, Did not want to, to wait the time for that to heal. That's all in the past. I'm ready to go clear to go